What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. First of all, I want to thank you guys for bearing with us. I know it's been a long time. We've been releasing these episodes very far and few between. There's been a lot of time between each episode. As we've said in the last few episodes, we're really kind of struggling to find time to get everything recorded and edited and everything. But we love doing the show, so we're going to continue to make shows. Just the consistency is what's been a little bit off. And we recorded this episode of few weeks ago, a little while ago, but it took us a little while to get it all cleaned up and edited and ready to go. And then with everything that's going on, you know, we got a little distracted and it didn't feel quite right to release it, but we're finally releasing it out into the world. And this episode, we're doing something a little bit different because we have a guest on. We did have a guest. We had Shannon Heaton on during St. Patrick's Day, but this episode, we have Leah Jones from the She Will Rock You podcast on to talk about a song that she loves and a song that I love. I I reached out to her because I knew that she was a big Struts fan and I was planning on doing this song. So she was excited to come on and join us and we're really excited to have her here. So Leah and I tonight are talking about Could Have Been Me by The Struts and my dad is talking about Musicology by Prince. So if you don't think these songs are any good or you've never heard them before, then hey, guess what? You're not listening. So clean out your ears and listen up. Let's do this. Get on the floor! Now that uh, the hockey season has ended, a lot of people are worried that uh, they can't find a Zamboni driver. Okay. But everyone's pretty sure he's going to resurface again. That- <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Did you just okay. go, where'd you get that? You I got get that, that in the no, bank? Somebody just posted it online. That's These people good. do like, you know, we're in quarantine hell, so let's do a joke a day kind of thing. And I, I think of you in the morning when I see this, like, yeah, I got to throw this one past Sean because he Oh, that's this a good one. one. Oh, but I'm not supposed so to do much. the dad jokes. You started doing the dad jokes when we first started doing this, and now you're forcing me to do it. So I, I don't know. know if that was your, that was your plan. But well, you you have a lot more years experience than I do. Oh, as a dad. Nice. <laughs> um, Hold on, let me lie down so it's easy to kick. It has <laughs> the view from down there. Um, <laughs> dad, I'm bringing a song that you didn't, you've never heard before tonight, right? I didn't, but I like it, and so I, 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 I actually figured... went down the rabbit hole and listened to the band and did some research. And man, I really like them a lot. Absolutely. I figured what better way to talk about a song that you didn't know than to bring someone on that literally has the lyrics tattooed on their arm. <laughs> so we're joined today by subtle. Very subtle. Leah Jones <laughs> from the She Will Rocky podcast. How's it going, Leah? Good. Thanks for having me. Good. If you guys haven't checked out She Will Rock You, it's amazing. Um, it's so it's much awesome. fun to listen to and you learn so, so much and the well-researched, but not boring and... Uh, you guys should definitely check that out. Subscribe wherever you subscribe to this show. Leah, can you give us a quick rundown of what your show is? Um, so we are a bi-weekly rock history podcast. That's our main format. And we take turns, my co-host Beth Ann and I, um, researching an artist or a band and just telling the other person about it. Usually the, like, I'll know what she's covering, but I won't know the extensive history because it's a lot of history in a band. And we find some wild things. and it's. <laughs> It's a fun time. <laughs> yeah, what are so what are some of the artists that you've done? Just quick. We've done Prince, Kiss, I'm blanking on all of the ones mm-hmm. we've done. Rolling Stones, Stevie Nicks, Journey. Nothing like put you on the spot. Yeah. I actually I, I, I recently listened to the Kiss episode and it was I, that episode was so good and that's when I was planning on doing this song, I, I thought back to that because in that episode, you I don't know how often you do it, but you did ramble about the struts for a little bit and how much you love them. And I was like... <laughs> Probably more often than I care to. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, tonight I'm doing a song by the struts. Oh, <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Nice. 
Shots memorabilia back there. Yeah, we all do it. I mean, you got to you got to rep your favorites. Um, I'll move my head. Here's my OAR. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We all have it. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight I'm doing uh, could have been me by the struts, and I was like, I was remembering that you talked about that, so I messaged I messaged Leah and I said, hey, which, one of you guys was really into the struts, right? Do you want to come on my show and talk about it? And she said, well, I actually have the lyrics tattooed on my arm, so I know that song pretty well, um, <laughs> and I would be happy to talk about it. Oh, so the lyrics are also from the song that you you chose tonight. Yeah. It wasn't oh, just yeah. that it happened to be a strut song. Oh my god. Okay. And then the uh, funny thing is, wow. The day after I asked wow. her that. They came out with a announcement that they were interviewing Luke Spiller, who is the the front man for the Struts. So um, they did an Instagram live with him the night before we recorded this. And you can go and, and watch that on Instagram TV. And there's links to, to that on all of their social media. Um, yeah, it was well and so that was really fun to watch that right before we talked about this. So this is kind of a, the perfect storm, the perfect Strut storm. Um, <laughs> For this so I, and i haven't really told you this but we have a surprise guest coming on uh luke are you ready to join uh, luke are you, no yeah. <laughs> I, I told her i was like see if he wants to join you for our recording <laughs> i can't handle that twice in one week <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's funny so what we're gonna do is we're gonna listen to the song and then come back and we'll talk about it so go into the links in the show notes for either the youtube video or go to the official you're not listening podcast playlist on spotify Listen to the song, and we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, you know what I love? Wow. I love that Leah has probably listened to this song thousands of times. And the smile. <laughs> and... You can feel how much she loves that sound yeah. just by watching her. <laughs> and you can understand why, because it's, it's so raw. It's just, it's, it's so damn How can good. you not love that? Um, she was actually tattooing the other side of her arm. You know that? Did, you didn't see her doing that though? That's what well, that, well, that song yeah. was on, right? right? No, that was, that was so good. That was so good. I can only imagine how fun that is live. It's, it's incredible because right. every the whole crowd is doing the slow clap section together there's nothing yeah there's nothing better than a section of a song where they cut out a lot of the music and it's just a massive sing-along yep. and when you can get a crowd like that in the studio for the recording like it, it makes all the difference when you're doing it yep. live it's yeah. amazing I, I when i was in, in a band we really tried really hard it was after we had recorded our, our album we really wanted a song that was a good sing-along and we wrote one we never got to record it but it had one of those sections where it was just a slow down with the the kind of driving um sing-along part and i think every band needs to do that if they want to have an effective show what what song Make was that Sean? musicians what song that was, that? was it was called lost generation we only played it once i have a copy i think of we it. played it at lupo's that was the only time we ever played i have it. a copy of the lupo's one um, so, so Leah, where, you got to do it. Where, where are you? Where are you based? In Southwest Virginia. Okay, so Southwest Virginia. So, where did you see this band? Like, like in the DC area or Baltimore uh, the area? The first time I saw them in Norfolk. So it's like three hours, four hours away from me, and then the other two times were in Pennsylvania. Okay. So, in are they a college crowd? Are they uh, playing? You know, large venues? Like, because I, I don't know the struts. Yeah. So um, the first the first venue was the Norba, which is kind of like a historic, renovated, older theater. Like Royale, and maybe. Yeah, I'd yeah. Say that crowd, like that venue, normally has like a hip hop R and B audience. Okay. Um, they were definitely not the typical show of of that 
that lineup. Um, one of the venues was a university venue, uh, Harrisburg University. And then the other one was the Fillmore in Philly. So nice. that's a whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it has a uh, like a following where people go from show to show to, to see, yeah, okay. yeah, which makes yeah, I all think the difference. They have, in the world. I mean, I I'm not I haven't gotten in, into them much because I just re- discovered them recently. Dad, this is another. If you guys listen to our episode where I talked about um, the song "The Search" by <sighs> NF, it was actually just two episodes ago. Yeah. I talked about how I discovered that song when I was at the gym, and it just came on, and I dropped my weights that I was, you know, whatever I was doing. And I ran over to the computer to see what the song was because I needed to know what it was. This was that exact same thing. I can see that. It, it came on on at the gym and I was just listening to it and, and it, it was that part, that kind of sing-along part that came on. And I went, this is so dope. And I like <laughs> ran over and I had to see what it was. And since then I have listened to a couple more songs, but I'm still working on kind of going through the catalog and really listening closely to them. I was actually planning on doing, which song was I? I had a, I had a list of a couple. I was going to do One Night Only. That's that's um, my like of my three favorites. If you have to pick your favorite children, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean that one is it's actually really similar whoa, 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 to this whoa. one. In, Do you have a structure. tattoo of that? No, so, I no, I'm sorry. So that, no, you no 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 you can't you can't pick that one then. <laughs> I really want to do that song, but I think this song, you know, this is the one that the first one I had ever heard by them. It was I think it was their first single, mm-hmm. and it um it was the one that introduced me to them. So I figured I got to do it right, and I got to I got to do this song um there's a lot that we can talk about but first of all how often does he get compared to freddie mercury Mercury. and is that mostly by people who don't follow them as closely do you think sorry (laughs) his his his, he sounds like him sometimes which is which which is a compliment in in a way it's not it's never looked at as a negative yeah and i think i think well it's his favorite band i learned that from watching your interview it is He, he very much borrows like freddie aspects but there's also like a stage presence is very Freddy where it's over the top and it's glittery mm. and he has these crazy outfits. But I feel like his moves are more Jagger, Michael Jackson-esque. Okay. They're very like swaggery. Yeah. Well, just listening to his voice alone, he has, he has his, when he, when he's down in the lower register in the beginning and when he's singing the first part of each verse, he doesn't have that sound. Right. And then the second right. part where he's kind of yelling, th- that's not the Freddy sound either. It's the no. little... It's the little almost improv, like when there's that sing-along part and then he he throws in some things over that, that's the time that he sounds like Freddie Mercury. Like, like Freddie Mercury live, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, like not like, Queen. Like live aid Freddie Mercury. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and it's not, it's al- it's almost like it's not intentional. It's almost like he's trying to have his own sound and he's trying to not sound like Freddie Mercury, but Although, when he does something that's unplanned, I'm, I'm gonna disagree. that's when that comes I'm gonna out. I'm going to disagree. I think he's got the same kind of range. I think that Freddie Mercury has. I think the 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 intonation that he that he sings with is very similar to. Freddie. I mean, he's got a lot of the same qualities that makes Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, and so great, which is why I made the comparison that not just because like oh that kind of that note sound like so like it just felt like so intentional in the way that that he just would command a stage, command a microphone, command the the presence of a song, and there's not a lot of artists that can do that. You can feel the kind of presence that he'll have. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's special on on, yeah. on stage, and I haven't watched any live videos. I I purposely did not watch any live videos beforehand because I, have. I wanted to. I have. have yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, put it on the list, Dad, because next time they come around, we're gonna need to. Yeah. You well, know what? My wife is from from Gaithersburg, Maryland. So maybe next time they're down in your area, we'll all go down and we'll all go. Uh, go to a show together. 
they had a show planned for June in Richmond, but obviously that's not happening yeah, right. right now. Right. As he was saying, yeah, we're, um, all, we're all missing out on shows. 2021 is going Ryan to be Fallon the, the time. beginning of the month. And, and 2021 is going to be the time for live music, as he was saying, too. That I That's what I've heard. Kick it off. Yeah. That's what I've Just heard. sad to think about. <laughs> now and then. Yeah. yeah, we can only hope. But I think there's when when you're looking at his voice and especially comparing it to Freddie Mercury, I think there's more of a rawness to Luke's voice than there is to Freddie Mercury's because Freddie Mercury's voice is polished, unbelievably clean. Yeah, it's a, it's it's the most clean tone you could ever hear from a from a, a person, right? Especially and, a rock star. And Luke doesn't have that. You know, he's got that that little bit of screamo, gravelly throat thing going on when he's uh, when he gets in the higher register, which is perfect for. For this style of um, the alternative rock that they're alternative British rock that they're playing, right, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> it's uh, it's like the perfect match for that. And I love when he switches from the lower register into that. It's seamless. There's no buildup. He just swaps for like in the first verse when he says that what that it's the line that's on your arm. You know when he switches mm-hmm. into that. I I can't hear you. I don't fear you. Uh-huh. It's just it's the jump from the lower register to that kind of power scream type voice it it really gives that line a whole lot more impact than yeah, it would seamless. have if he yep. just stayed in that lower register yep. and i like how the second either the second or third time they do that line they swap it mm-hmm. and i don't know why that has such an impact on me when i'm listening to it but i love that they swap that i don't know if you picked up on that dad yeah. i think it's is it the third time before they go into the chorus i yeah i think he says i don't fear you and then he yells i can't hear you right now i think because it's unexpected because you expect it's going to be kind of the similar type of lines you read yeah i don't know what it is it's something about i mean it's so simple he just swapped it's like it's like he forgot the words and he just made a mistake and and rolled with it but it's possible but (laughs) you never know i mean maybe this was probably done in one take knowing knowing that right (laughs) so it's like like i don't know what it is about that but it, it I think I find that really powerful for some reason. If anyone, if you have any ideas. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a theory, I guess. So they're really big into like persona songs. Like, um, so the song Roll Up is the 21st Century Dandy character singing it. So I guess the way I've always just had it in my head is like there's, you know, this character singing the song and like as the song goes through, they're building confidence in themselves. Oh, and by that yeah, point, they're yeah. like breaking free and, you know, screw the haters. I can do whatever I want. That's kind of how I pictured it too, actually, because you're looking at it. Okay, I can't hear you, so I don't fear you. Yeah. Right. Because you're not. I don't hear you. There's nothing to fear. But then once you get further on, and and the song gets louder, and it gets there's more presence of more instruments and more voices, and there's more backing tracks. You're switching to, I don't fear you. Therefore, I don't even hear you. Yeah. Right. Not even right. I, that that makes perfect sense, and right. I. These are the subtle little things that people need to be that people need to listen to. There should be this a podcast makes music about special. this stuff, Sean. Someone <laughs> should someone should start a podcast right? where they look at these things. That's a great idea. Yeah, they could call so, it "Let's Listen" nah, or nah. "You're Listening," nah. something like that. Ne- never work. Nah. Um, so can nah, can I ask you a question, Leah? Yeah. Why? Like, what was it that? that uh, like, I'm guessing you're a music person. Obviously, because of your podcast and all, and probably a big music person like like we are. And but by the way, way to represent the female rock fans. Yes, in the huge. podcast world, huge. there's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough woman-led podcasts in general, but especially when it comes to music podcasts. No, not enough yeah. women-led women. anything in this country. We need more of it. That's true. Too many, yeah. too many old white guys, <laughs> myself sorry, included. Man. I know. Yeah, me. Yeah, so I'm old, old white guy. So, as a music person, I mean, we all have bands that. I mean. 
you know, record collections and, and CDs and podcast and, and, and everything we listen to that, that kind of pulls us. And I think the, the true music people get pulled in a lot of different directions and are always looking for that next new sound, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then one grabs you and finds you. Mm-hmm. And for me, my latest is, you know, has been Gaslight Anthem. I know Sean loves, loves Brian Fallon and stuff in a way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, well played. Nice, nice shirt. And that came out of nowhere, you know, I, cause I didn't expect it. Um, and I, you know, learned a lot about OER by doing weddings of this. This couple came in and said, "Oh, you, you got to listen to OER." Like, okay, and all of a sudden, huge fans, and and then then it grows. So all of a sudden, a music person gets sucked into the world of the struts. Like, what is it about them or their music that kind of brought you down that rabbit hole and has, which you can't see right now, folks, but the smile that's on your face when you even think about it. And oh, um, by th- and oh, by the way, on the, your, your last podcast. I thought you, you both did a good job. There were no fangirl moments at all. You guys hit yourself real, real well. I don't know if I could have done it that way. And what did you squeal after he hung up? I would squeal. One hundred percent. We hung up. We literally just looked at each other and then screamed and fell back. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot to keep in for an hour. What, what I was saying to Sean before you came on, just as you were coming on, is the the cool thing is that whatever you did at the beginning, and I think this might be a testament to you, you guys, as much as it is with him, is he was so relaxed and so comfortable in in the way that you handled that interview. And it wasn't, I don't know, what's the word, Sean? For, it wasn't forced. didn't feel fake. No, it, it didn't like feel like I was watching friends. the clock. It was, get this it was over comfortable. With. It, was, it was really comfortable. Um, and I think that's a testament to the way you guys kind of set the tone for that. So no fangirl stuff. You did. A, I thought you did a great job with that. So yeah, thank you. So what what is it that, that drew you to those guys? Like how I found them? Yeah. yeah so I had was going through like, a really intense queen phase right after Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Oh, nice. Up. Like, the, like um, the entire world was, right? right. Like the entire world was. <laughs> and then, I, I had, I've liked them since college, but, you know, the movie and the soundtrack, I was super listening to that. It really reminds you of just how good those songs were when you're yeah. watching it. it. Like, they did a really good job in that movie of making you realize how good it was. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I knew Queen wrote those songs. This is a side tangent, but I think hearing them all in one movie perfectly arranged in that soundtrack, I was like, they wrote a lot of songs that have just been there my entire life that right. I never thought about. That you never put together as a compilation, like, wow, this right. is better than I ever would have expected, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to go off on a tangent about music like that, like music movies like that, and I can do that later, but it would that's another it whole would podcast. Go, take us too off too far <laughs> off track. So, um, and so as a, as like I said, tangent to that, I have a like my whole thing in like high school and early college was theater. So I really like productions and you know big showy things. And so um, right around the time that that was going on, Bohemian Rhapsody came out. One of my friends on Facebook, who's a huge Queen fan. Um, started posting about this band and I was like, uh, Kevin doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> there's no way that this Don't band listen to Kevin. is yeah. as great as they think. And so I had listened to Body Talks, which is not my favorite song by the Struts. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's not my favorite song. And I listened to that one. I was like, I mean, they're good. Um, and then Spotify. Another, just and another it, alt rock band from the early 2000s or yeah, mid 2000s. It was a song. It was okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Spotify pulls like your daily mix. It just threw their song Ashes on there one day. And I, I remember I remember where I was driving down the highway next to a 7-Eleven and it started playing. And I was like, this reminds me so much of Queen. I was like, who is this? And it's one of those where you like grab your phone off the passenger seat while you're driving to be like, what is this song? And 
I looked at it and I was like, that's that band Kevin was talking about. And so I came home. I remember I listened to the whole, their whole second album while folding laundry that day. <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. And pretty much I made the decision then to go see them in Norfolk. And oh, then you're done. Yeah, once you I see them live, right? Yeah. Completely hooked. I drugged my best, one of my best friends with me. She thought I was insane. We had, I ended up winning tickets to an acoustic session before the main show. And I mean, I, I would have been happy with just that. It was three songs. It was, wow. it was incredible. But then seeing the main, there's a video that she took of me. I seriously looked like a five-year-old watching fireworks at Disneyland. Like I was just like, <laughs> we were we, front row. And were you, and, were you shocked at your response to that too? Because you didn't think that, I mean, I, I not, not that you'd get that excited, but when, when you're used to a lot of good music, it's, you know, yeah. and, and you're from, you have a theater background. So it's the same thing. Like, and it sounds a little snobby and it so, doesn't, I don't want it to sound this way, but it's almost like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of new stuff that's going to be in, impressive to me. You know, and, yeah. and I don't want that to sound like terrible, but it's like, like, oh, come on, Kevin, could it really be that good kind of thing? Yeah. So you, like- were you shocked how good, how much were you sucked in and how good it was? Oh, yeah. It was, I had n- I've never liked a band as much as I've liked them. Wow. Like, <laughs> well, I want to I want to give you this platform and this opportunity right now Uh-oh. to first apologize to <laughs> Kevin. and then thank oh. Kevin first for the judgment <laughs> and second for the recommendation because I know that when my friends have made music recommendations to me in the past I've been a little like eh whatever I'll get to it but those people are really really important and so yeah so he actually knows that that he has created a monster and he jokes about <laughs> it and he calls Good. himself my enabler. And we both went to the show in Philly back in December together. Nice. Not together, like we, we met there. So it came full circle because it was pretty much like almost a year to the day that I discovered them when I went to the Philly show. Wow. So. Awesome. All right. So awesome. can I ask the next question? You ready? Yeah. Sean, and these, these are the two questions we ask almost every, every episode. What is it that you like best about, and you're next on this one, Leah, that you like best about this song? What do I like best about this yeah. song? And number two, who could you see covering it? There are two things that I like the best so I let you about think this about song. That, yeah, and one so. is the sing-along chorus that we talked about, but you know that is is a pretty standard structure that kind of comes up in a lot of a lot of songs, right. especially songs from bands that have good live shows. But I love the second verse. You know, I, I was talking about when he jumps from from the um, the lower register into the. I don't know how to describe. It. I keep wanting to say like the screamo section, but he's not really like screaming. But it's you know the best way for me to describe it when it's he switches. Theater belting. Yeah, it's like belting, but it's not, it's like less controlled, but he hits all the notes. It's really hard to describe. (laughs) (laughs) But when he switches from that in the second verse and he, and he says the line, don't want to wake up on a Monday morning. The thought of work is getting my skin crawling. I love that. It's just like, yep. Like feel it. Mm -hmm. That's, that was the other day. (laughs) And, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's every day when you're in quarantine. Uh But, um, the way that he delivers that, and the way that it, it kicks in halfway through that verse is just super powerful, and I really like I really like the way that they produced that part of the song, mm-hmm. and the way that that was written. And I know you talked to him a little bit about kind of the way that he writes songs. I was I was hoping he'd get a little bit more into his process for writing songs, but um, I'd like to know how they how they wrote that, how they knew when to kick it in and when to keep it kind of in that lower register, because it was it's it's very deliberate and it's pretty. Pretty interesting when they chose to to kick into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the history of that song writing. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
I know that's a, that's always the thing. It's like, oh, I wish I could like just ask them like, what was your process for coming up with this? Like, because we're talking about these things and, and all these little things that they, you know, musicians don't just come up with an idea for a song, go in the studio and record it and then put it on a yeah, record. It's not random. Every little tiny thing that you hear, if they didn't want it to be there, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. And so I want to know what led to those decisions and why those decisions are, are there. And I want, and, I wish that we could talk to the artist to every song that we talk about on here because I want to know those stories. And I'm just telling what I get from these songs and what I feel and what I'm hearing because other people might not be hearing it. And I'm probably not hearing things that you're hearing in this song. And so, like you said, what is your favorite thing about this song? Your favorite right. little part of the song or something that encompasses the whole thing that, that just gets you jazzed about it? What is your favorite thing about this? Why is it special to you? I mean, I also like the sing-along section. I'm trying to think what I want to say. What made you want to put this tattooed on your arm? Uh, I mean, the lyrics are incredible. Yeah. They are. Uh, they are. I think it's just, it, like, the reason that I have it tattooed on my body is like a constant reminder, like, ignore what everyone else says. Like, just do what you want to do, which is how I try to live my life. And I don't know if there's another song, like, for me personally that can, like, encompass that feeling like this one does because it's, it's like the perfect blend of my musical taste yeah well there's a lot of songs that have that same message but yeah. a lot of them are kind of dialed in like they kind of feel like dialed in pop songs <laughs> right this is so visceral yeah and you know that it, that's the word that i would use to describe how this song feels it feels visceral it feels raw it feels like it's actual real emotion that's coming out of the entire track it's powerful yeah which is different from something like some of these pop songs like what is it one of those this woman stronger women or something like that i don't remember what it's called i, I i'd have to look it up but it's a pop song about being a strong woman and it's like yeah that's good and all but it, this is just a dial in pop song that was probably written by a team of people yeah columbia or whoever so it doesn't have that same effect you don't get that that feeling from it, that visceral kind of but, from your stomach coming out and just pushing out into the world the whole, like the, this song But does. the whole idea, and this is why we're doing this podcast too, is different people hear different things. So other people might pick up, pick up different parts of the song that they love. And actually, I mean, obviously the, the title and, and, the, and the chorus and all, like skip right over that, that actual line. And it wouldn't have that same kind of powerful Im image or, or impact. And they wouldn't have it tattooed on their, on their, their arm. <laughs> So yeah. we all hear different things in music. One of the things that's funny when Sean and I do this is it's amazing how we hear things, hear the same song differently. Yeah. Like, and he'll just say something like, I never listened to a song for 30 years. I never heard that part of it, you know? And he always talks about who, how he sees it visually. And it's like, you're, you're a psycho. I don't even know who you are. Who, you know, my son. <laughs> you and, raised me. So I know. Sorry. And <laughs> it's just, and so, and I think that's a credit to the song. And I think that's also a recognition of the way that people feel, think, and smell and taste songs differently, like we yeah. all do, you know? So, um, one thing neither of you pointed out was how he rolls his R's. Okay, I was, I I was going to talk about that. I was going to ask you about that. I wanted to talk about that. So, funny story. No, wait, wait, now, always or just that that particular part of that song? Just on that part, right? It's it's occasionally in a couple other songs. Really? So it's okay. Every song, it's not every R in every song. It's like perfectly placed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that is genetic. And, Dad, you didn't pass that on to me. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So, Sorry. when I was in college. Leah can do it. Watch. Can you do it? Wrapped in your Oh, come yeah, see? on. Wrapped in. Yeah. <laughs> I hit. 
it's such a stupid thing, but yeah. I wish that I could do that. Clink, clink that class. <laughs> when I was in college, I was in a singing class because uh, I was a music minor, and my singing professor was looking for a couple more people to be in this opera that they were doing. So I was like, you know, sophomore in college, like, what the hell? Why not? Sure, I'll do it. I had like one line and I was supposed to roll my R. <laughs> Could not do it. I, I tried and he tried to coach me and he's like, you know what? It's, it's genetic. You literally cannot do wow. this with your tongue. And I'm like, that <laughs> makes me really sad. And so they had me like do it with a, a lisp or something. So I sounded kind of silly. So it was a little over dramatic. And I was just like, you know what? This is not worth it for me. And I dropped out. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And I was so embarrassed. No and more it's opera bothered for me because I can't since do that. Then that I, I can't do that. Especially when I hear like in songs like this, it's like, that would be so much fun to sing along with. Can't do it. So, so Leah, he, he didn't, he didn't not recognize it and say it. He just wanted to avoid it because he really can't do it. So that's why he I am ashamed. <laughs> Yeah, where does, where does that come from? That was so cool. And I thought, okay, first time, he's not going to do this every time. But he, he kept doing it, doing that song. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's something he does a lot. He said in, in Kind of a signature sound for him. Yeah, in interviews before, he said um, he was in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar in, like, high school era. And he was, I forget, I want to say Judas, but I think that's wrong. Uh, whatever character it was, that was how he played the character. Really? He started rolling his R's and then he never really stopped. Wow. <laughs> All right. So again, the theater background, which which, yeah. which plays into yeah. the production work. Awesome. All right, Leah, who could could you ever see anybody covering this? I don't know. I've been sitting here trying to think of someone. Probably harder for you to think of than others. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm thinking sure. always Adam Lambert just because of what he can do with Queen and everything else, but. That would be cool. Mika. Mika. Okay. I think Mika could do. I think his voice is similar he uses his head voice a lot more but i think when he's in a, a more normal register his voice is actually pretty similar and he's also been compared to freddie mercury um, really with some of the songs that he's done so so i think he would do a good job so, with this um old guy's ignorance here and i i think they're they're not even obscure anymore they're long gone uh neon trees I like neon. but are they around anymore their lead singer i think had unbelievable range and good. I could almost see him covering. At first, when I heard the song, if you didn't say it was a stretch on and you were playing it, I would have thought, oh, is this something new? I haven't heard from the Neon Trees in about five years. Like, is this a new song? That guy that guy could fit like a softball in his mouth. Right. <laughs> I have my answer. <laughs> Brendan okay. Sorry, who? Brendan Urie. Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. Oh. Mm. I would love a Panic version of this song. See? Okay. Yeah, that would be killer. That would be. That would be That's, killer. Does Luke wear as much eyeliner as them? Probably more, but he sweats probably. it off. <laughs> yeah. So now you're going to have to reach out to them and see if they can come on the show. You can have this conversation with them too. Yeah, there we go. Wow. That's a good I, choice. You know, I've I've listened to a lot of Panic at the D Disco recently because they have a song on the new Frozen 2 soundtrack. Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. I was actually listening to it the other day and I was talking to my wife. I was like, Sam, you know, if they if this song wasn't in this movie and they just came out with it, I would just believe that it's one of their songs. Before I saw Frozen 2, that was the only song from the album I'd let myself listen to was the Panic version of that song. Wow. And I remember listening to it the first day and that, the key change, I'm just like, the song is- He hits notes that only dogs can hear. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So, Dad, two episodes that Frozen 2 has come up. <laughs> it shows that you have a two-year-old at home. That's this why. This is my life. Yeah. This right. is just my life. Well, it's I funny- I have no excuse. That's true. 
mom always bring, oh, well, so and so, like, I don't know what you're talking about, Nancy. I've never seen that movie. What do you mean? And she gets like indignant, like, what do you mean you've never seen Tangled and you've never seen blah, blah, blah? It's like, I've seen that a million times. Like, yeah, that's because you're babysitting Sean's kids all the time. Like, babysitting a kid who watches it 80 times right? a day. <laughs> We've been watching Zootopia 12 times a day yeah. for the last two weeks. Never seen it. me. I've never seen Frozen 2. Sorry. No, you will at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you won't have a choice at some point. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll happily watch it. I'll do anything for those girls. So the only thing, the only la- the last thing that I want to say about this song, Lee, Le- I'll let you kind of finish off your thoughts on this song before we go into Prince, is that I mentioned earlier that the song that I was originally thinking of doing is One Day Only, which I'm starting to kind of like better than this song. I really, really like that song. And when we're talking about comparing them to Queen or comparing him to Freddie Mercury, that song is very, very close to what is the song that they that they play in the jukebox in Shaun of the Dead? Uh, don't stop me now. Don't, don't stop me now. Stop Thank me you. No. Yeah. It, it it reminds me a lot of Don't Stop Me Now. That I song that. when they kick into the faster part. But the cool thing about both the that song and this one is, um, I really like songs that have faster verses and then a slowdown for the chorus. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. I have another song on my list for um for this show for another episode that that does that, and that was the one the first thing that drew me into that song is the chorus sure. slows down to half the speed of the verse, which I thought is is super cool. Um, so it's just a nice dynamic change. So Leah, when when you see these guys live, do they do covers at all, or is uh, it all they, the straight up the, their own straight up songs? So last year when I saw them, they actually had three slightly different set lists. The first time they did a. Uh, a Luke only piano cover of Don't Stop Me Now. I was, uh, that's what I was going to say is like, do they do similar genres or like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I saw them, they ha- were supposed to in their set list be doing the cover of Dancing in the Street that they did last summer for Dodge. But it was the last night of tour. So they literally balled up the set list and threw it away and ended up doing Highway to Hell, oh, which geez. was fantastic. Wow. I bet <laughs> his voice covering that was unbelievable. He did. He actually did James Brown, I Feel Good, and then jumped right into Highway to Hell. And we oh, were, that's cool. What is happening? God. That's cool. But then the third time, they stuck to their own stuff. <laughs> wow, okay. I think I've seen like four different bands play Highway to Hell. I feel like that's just a go-to. Like if you're like, this crowd is freaking awesome, let's play Highway to Hell. <laughs> yeah. It was a very, very hype crowd. So wow. That's cool. Cool. So is there anything else that you want to say about this song or uh you know any last minute words you want to get out before we start funking to some some prints um you should listen to a live version of it on youtube yeah i'm gonna have to go down the rabbit hole it's it's just watching you know the whole crowd do the interaction part it's it's mesmerizing like i was gonna say electric yep it's to the point where when i watch because i i'm the kind of person who watches live footage before going to see a concert so I watched all this footage last year before my first, the first time seeing them. And I was like, am I going to be disappointed after I watched all this? Was this a bad idea? It was not a bad idea. Yeah. Like it was still a million times better than watching it on YouTube, but it's, it's to watch on you. <laughs> so how many times total have you seen them? Just three. Three times. Yeah. In one year. <laughs> <laughs> That's no joke. Now, how long have they That's been no together? Joke. 10 years. It is. They've been 10 years. Okay. And they've they maintained the same kind of energy and focus yeah. and all the new stuff is as good as the old stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's Have they changed a, a lot? Has their sound changed over the last few albums? They've had, what, three albums? Two. Two we albums. We were supposed to get three this year, TBD, if that happens. Those are the ones he said that he they kind of 
started to leak out around January when he was speaking about those. Yeah. You mentioned about Whitney Houston verse and stuff like that. Yes. There's, mm -hmm. there's some um, bootleg concert footage on YouTube of that song as and well. That, that would have been on the third album or that will be the third album. Finally. I think it will be, they Touch haven't really on. confirmed, they haven't released an official, you know, professional recording of it, but mm -hmm. that we don't have album number three yet. So there's only two off the top of my head. I don't remember how much time passed between album one and album two, but when they did album one, they had a different drummer and bassist than they okay. do now. And they had to let their drummer and bassist go because they weren't necessarily competent enough mm. to the level that they wanted to do. Uh, so they definitely grew a, like, a lot in the Musically. rhythm section from right. album one to two. And is it noticeable? I think so. I think yeah. that they, they have a much bigger, more, I don't want to say theatrical, ambitious ambitious is not a good word um they, they found their groove yeah for album two album one there's actually two versions there's a uk version and then there's a us version and a bunch of songs got scrapped between the uk and the us version huh. you can't get them on like spotify or itunes you have to get them either on youtube or i bought like the physical cd from the uk to you have to you got to get the physical mm -hmm. hard copies for, yeah. for the bands you love you have to do it um but that's really interesting oh i love that stuff yeah if you listen to the ones that got cut like they're not bad songs but i can see why the label said let's replace these for the u.s yeah. release they were cut worthy yeah. yeah 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 see i've i've been listening to them but i've been listening to basically the artist on shuffle so i haven't really like done first album second album and noticed any differences because i've just been playing kind of shuffle yeah. you gotta listen you just gotta listen to the second album young and dangerous in order because they specifically chose the order for that album they're really big on album sequencing okay so listen to it in order so concept album okay. do that all right. all right dad are you ready to do your well, song leah just set me up because she just mentioned james brown a little while ago so yeah okay. so we have to get funky so Okay. I was gonna say we're not doing James Brown. No, are we? No. Are you changing? Last I could do. I could do my dance, my James Brown, back and forth. All right, give us a little intro. So, um, you know how much I like Prince. Always have, always will, and that was that's one of the crossovers um, artists that I love individually. That I would play in the car or li listen to on my own if it was my choice, as well as try to always squeeze in stuff when I was DJing too. So, there's not a lot of songs and not a lot of artists that I can do that with. And Prince is one. This song um, is song in his later years, 2004, I think it came out, um, that a lot of people I think missed. But I think it's one of his better ones. And everybody who knows Prince obviously knows the hits, um, you know, and, and will dance to Kiss and, and you know, all the, all the classic stuff. But so, but the talent that he has um, along with um, this like old school tribute to um to funk music is just special. It's called Musicology. Um, and that was the title of the album as well. Great, great song. Only played it once DJing at a prom, at your sister's prom, as a matter of fact, that, that I think you were at too. But yeah, other, than, so. other than that, um, didn't really get, get the feeling that I could play it again DJing-wise, but always, always, always on a playlist for me. I love, love, love this song. So go, uh, go to the Spotify playlist or click the link in the show notes for the YouTube video and listen to Musicology by Prince, and we will come back and talk about it. And, and if you are not in your car, uh, and if you're listening and you have the chance, watch a live version of it from the Webster Theater in New York City, uh, and you'll be blown away, and you'll see a, a huge comparison to somebody we're going to talk about. All right.
All right. <laughs> Leah, did you ever think that you'd be like on a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock at night hanging out listening to funk Prince music with two scrawny white guys in New Hampshire? No, never once. <laughs> We're happy we can provide that experience. Quite a sentence. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm not so scrawny anymore. I used to be. (laughs) All right, dad, tell me. I I don't even know where to start. I know. I know. So now I'm mad at myself because uh, you don't know this, Leah, but I have a, um, I I was a DJ. Uh, As a teacher, you always need that second job instead of painting houses or something like that, which I was never good at. I always had a DJ job. So 30 plus 35 years, I don't know. And always made it a, a point to not be that cheesy guy in the bad 1970s tux and do the predictable stuff. I always tried to play different things, which always kept me working, I think, because it was more about music rather than about the shtick kind of thing. Fast forward, now I'm mad at myself that I didn't play the song more because it's so good. Yeah, so but it good. might have been because of all those breakdowns and it's yeah, four and a half it's, minute it's song yeah, there, with a lot of nothing happening. There were some dance versions of it that, but they went on for twelve minutes. So if it doesn't work for the first three minutes, you know, then you're stuck with it for seven more minutes, and you know you can't do that. So it's some that you just wouldn't take a chance on stuff. But you know, later in in his career, when you're talking about 2004 versus you know when he started out, it was the early 80s. To still yeah. put something out like this that that is certainly a throwback and a tribute to you know James Brown, you know, Hot Pants by by James. Is, is astounding to me that he still can do it. And, you know, and, and we, anybody who knows Prince, and I'm sure that you probably picked up on this on your show that you did about Prince Lee, but um, so one of the, mo- one of the um, most talented people that, that, you know, that music history has ever had. So um, not surprising, but this is a forgotten song, I think, by a lot of people who don't know Prince and, and don't uh, do a deep dive into his music. Well, he wasn't coming out with other music for no. years and years and years, decades, really, before right. this came out. Right, right. So it's like, is it a triumphant return or is the world, I don't want to say not ready for it, but yeah. no mm-hmm. longer accepting of it? This song, this well, music Prince, was not popular when this song came out. Prince wasn't Prince, right, right. And it, this is one of the reasons why I think it hit me so strong is you know how much I like funk and how much I like Prince anyway. Um, and obviously it's a throwback to, you know, the uh, the roll call for all the different artists and all that, but it just had that feel that I've always kind of like yearned for and longed for. That oh, I can't believe that this new song. How come more people don't know this? And it didn't it didn't hit in the U.S. You know, so it wasn't something that um, that a lot of really people really paid a lot of attention to. But it's just one of those songs that you know when you think about the 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 reality of why we want to do this podcast is, hey, there's a song out there that you might like Prince, you might have missed this one. And I want to make sure that other people get a chance to kind of pay attention to a song that I think is really valuable and something that if you hear it once, you're going to love it. Yeah. I think, I don't even know where to start. It's so interesting. I mean, it's such a groove. But there's, you know, the bass line is very sparse. It's driven by guitar. Well, that's Which is similar. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, It's similar to when we look at some of the old cheesier funk stuff like... um, Parliament. What's... um, Play the funky music, white boy. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? It's all guitar. Right. It's just driven right. guitar, by that rhythm. Driven, guitar, rather and then than, the, bass. than the heavy bass. If you right. listen to it, you think that you feel like, th- looking back, you feel like that song is all bass, but when you think about, when you really listen to it, it's all guitar, and the bass line is just doom-doom. Doom-doom. Leah is having some sound oh, problems. Yeah. Can you still not hear us? Oh, connecting to audio. 
So, I mean, just to continue on, it's one of those songs that um, I think more people should hear. And, you know, when I would pull it out and what I would have it on a, on a playlist or something, they're like, like, what's this? I've never heard this before. And, you know, in our world, when you, when we hear this driving around or when you're with your parents, stuff like, what do you mean you don't know this? Of course, my dad always plays a song, but no one else probably in, in you know, in your age or in, in who's, who might be looking at like typical kind of uh, pop music genres. Um, okay. would probably know it. The reason why I also mentioned the uh, the Webster Theatre New York um, performance video okay. that you can see on YouTube is if you don't watch that and think this is like the prescription and the exact thing that Bruno Mars does in his live shows, you're crazy. It is Bruno Mars, you know, 2.0. Really? It's, it, and it's, it's, it's that, I mean, it's got the horns, it's got the, the dance moves of the whole band together, it's got the groove, it, it's got the hooks, I mean, everything. Um, it is so good. And when I was doing some research, because like, okay, why do I love this song so much? And I started to listen to it again, that's when I went down the, the, the YouTube kind of route. It's like, I never even thought of it in the same genre as, as a Bruno Mars, who I love too. I love, 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 love Bruno Mars. I w- I'd put it there 100%. But I, I I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as a great Prince song. I think of it now as a great Prince song that's very um, connected to to my love of Bruno Mars for the same thing. And the video kind of brought that home for me too. It was so good, so good. So here's the thing. Here, this is the difference between old school funk and this. Is the old school funk sounds really like they just kind of got together and found a couple riffs and then just jammed on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. This is this not is like tight. this is not that. This is this is so tight. unbelievably calculated down to every single beat and every yep. single note and it's so tight and if anyone was sloppy with any note, you know they re-recorded it. Yes. Yes. Um and that's the difference yep. is in those Can you hear me now? I can. Sorry. I think there's Leah's back. This can- we missed you. <laughs> <laughs> um we were just talking about how that Precise. song that we just heard is how different it is from like some of the old school funk that it may be getting compared to. We were saying how like some of the old school funk stuff that you hear, it, it, it's more like a bunch of guys, they got together, they had some, came up with some cool riffs and then they just kind of jammed on it and just built a song that way kind of organically. And this song feels ridiculously calculated and precise and mm-hmm. everything is really, really tight. And so I think that comes across really clear. And I think some people may view that as too scripted i don't know if they would see it like as like a sellout move where like you're no longer doing like the genuine yeah um song building that 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 funk stuff kind of came from although i think i think that's a prescription that that prince always followed everything was so tight and and so together so this is well when you have such a successful career and you you have that level of talent that's been built over many 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 years you know if you watch that that documentary the behind the scenes for the Michael Jackson show, I think it's, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it shows, it's basically them rehearsing a tour and and, and the band rehearsing and the performers right. rehearsing the whole show. Just before he died. This is it. It's called This Is It. And, yeah, This Is It, yeah. Um, and they show one part where there's, it's like one little drum fill and a little piano fill or something. And they're doing it over and over and over again. And it's it's literally like, maybe two thirds of a second of one of his songs. And he's like, no, stop. That's not right. You need to do it this way. It needs to sound exactly like this. It needs, and and that was my favorite part of that DVD. I was like, I love this. Like, this is what I would be doing if I was at that level Perfection, and I had that yeah. power and that talent yep. and that, and the, you know, the power to 
and, make those decisions. Like, and, that's how I, and that's what this song feels like to me. I feel like when they're recording that, every single little thing that's happening, he's like, no, it needs to sound exactly like yeah. this. Well, I think, I think, uh, and I've read, I've read a lot about um, the way that Prince would kind of do the, some of his production stuff. First off, he surrounded himself with with incredible musicians that were as, as tight as as he would want them to be, and I think that that preciseness was was always there, but expected. So you know you don't right. you, you know you don't rise to the level of playing in, in a band, you know, with Prince if you don't have that that kind of skill. And the same thing I'm sure with Michael and everybody else that you know if you don't you don't even belong to be in the room kind of thing. So, so. Leah. We have a guest on the show, and she hasn't gotten a chance to speak yes. since we started talking about this song. It's okay. Um, my computer decided I didn't have a microphone anymore. Technologies are passing fat. I'm telling you, it's all going <laughs> yeah. away soon. So. Don't worry about it. We'll be back to. Yeah. Did Did you um Did you know that song? Have you heard that one by Prince? I had not. No. Good song, though, isn't it? Do you listen to any any kind of funk dance stuff ever? Or I mean, doing research for our podcast, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, what did you think of that? Maybe if you, you know, coming in as a someone who had never heard that song before, how did you, what was your reaction to well, it? Well, she's going to be nice. She's going to be polite because I'm. No, you don't have to. If you don't like it, you don't like it. This... I mean, it's not something I would have chosen like to put on a playlist or just chill out to on a normal day. It was very long, which yeah, is Prince's thing. I know, but yeah, he goes on. Especially with that that crazy break in the middle, that doesn't seem he doesn't need that. Yeah, that was weird. That? that was strange. There's and there's a few of those little breaks where they like have scripted dialogue almost. Yeah, and I don't like that in songs. I really hate when there's like dialogue that's part of a song. It just bothers me for some reason. Yeah, yeah. certain songs I hate too. Yeah, that that, that translates that. really perfectly into the into the official video because there's a scene in there. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, like, okay, if you're going to put it out as a single, take that out. You don't need that because yeah. there's no visual that's connected to it. Right. And um, so think about the times when Prince was super duper popular and music videos, you didn't just write a song, right? It was a package. You you wrote a song, you had a music right. video with it, you had album art, you had merchandising, you had singles released and all that stuff. And so think of something like Thriller, right? When Michael Jackson came out with Thriller, the music video was such a big part of that. And right. there are a lot of leftover sound effects and stuff from that video that are still in that song, but they did take out a lot of that right. extra stuff from the video and, for the actual and, song. And yet this was 2004, so well past the MTV. I mean, MTV's uh, 2004, I don't think was playing music Right, but if that's anymore. what, if that, when, when you're a musician in that time, when that is what you did, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what time it is. Like, right. if you're really good at that, you're going to, you're going to do it. And, and that, you're Prince. Who's going to tell you no? Yeah, right. Nobody. You know? and, and that, no that one's going to say, hey, Prince, that, this is a cool song, but yeah, it's, it's a little long. And those breaks in the middle, they're a little weird. I'm not really into them. You're not going to say that to Prince. No, Sorry. he'll just give you his look and yeah. he did. So. And that, that live video I told you about in the, uh, the New York um, City Theater doesn't have that break, doesn't, take, doesn't seem ridiculous, doesn't seem as long. And uh, what I was saying when we lost the is, um, is like so like pre-Bruno Mars. Like two a T, and I love Bruno Mars too. So, um, so again, you know, it, it's it's just uh, from if anybody likes Prince, if anybody likes funk, if anybody wants to have that song that that you you never even thought you'd have, I think people would have missed this song. Mm-hmm. I think this is something that might that that people might want to kind of pay a little more attention to. That's why I, I kind of grabbed it too. So. I feel like this is more funky than a lot of Prince's stuff too, though. Prince did a lot more dance and some rock stuff, and yeah. If I had heard stuff. it not knowing who sang it, I wouldn't have guessed Prince. Really? Yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, it's, yeah, it's more along the lines of like Parliament. Mm. Yeah. Right? It's, yep. 
old school funk. I'm going to be honest. I don't love this song. Mm-hmm. It's a good dance song. It's good for dancing, but it's like she said, I think it went on for way too long. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Leah. I think yeah. it's way too long. And I think it's really good. Musicology has really good musicality. <laughs> I think it's it's <laughs> unbelievable talent. You know, it was probably session guys that, that played this, mm-hmm. you know, hired guns that, that did this. He found the best musicians he could to do this. So it's mm-hmm. just really, really tight. And it's technically really, really good. But doesn't grab you, though, huh? It's there's nothing that is too. There's nothing that stands out. Right. It starts. I look the the best part is the beginning, right? With that, it, it's supposed to make you then, dance. But then once it, it starts, it just goes, and it's just yeah. there's there's no high points, there's no low points. Yeah, it's just uh, right. It's a dance song. It's yeah. a dance song, and it's, it's obviously it's a tribute like a to throwback dance song. You know, it's a, it's, it's a tribute to the to the old school artists. You know, Chuck D and and you know everybody else we mentioned. But just the line. And this is a line I'm going to have um, tattooed on the inside I, of my I bet forearm. I know. I bet I know what it is. What? We got a PhD in advanced in body movement. movement. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come it's on. Really good. That's a really got good a line. PhD right? in advanced body movement. Come on. Well, the way he delivers that on it my too, business cards like, when I was DJing. Pretty good. <laughs> so that is that, that that is. I'll give you that. That is. Good. Yeah. Right. So. Don't get that tattooed on your arm. That's. I won't. Yeah. I was having my forehead, that can be so. taken in a few different ways. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in trouble. <laughs> But you know, so that's the, the compar- comparing this to Bruno Mars, it it doesn't match up as well because Bruno Mars knows how to structure a song in which he has these amazing high points and some beat and he, drops and some and he busts some out good, singles too. Yeah, and some good, interesting, um, just I- interesting little little breaks and fills. There is a really good drum fill near the beginning, in near the pretty close to the beginning of this song that I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. But then it just right back into that that funk riff that just kind of just went on for four and a half minutes yes um, and that's why and i like it i think so <laughs> yeah. but again you gotta I like really be into you. that and you gotta really like dance into that on the one man on the one <laughs> and leah's like why am i on this i, I know she's like i shouldn't have restarted my computer i should have just yeah done i should have been done with the not spots, a bad so. at this point yeah. <laughs> but that's all no, but you know like, again, Leah, I'm, I'm curious i didn't have a ton to say just because it, it's it's not a deep song or anything like that it's just song I, I thought that it shouldn't be forgotten yeah yeah i'm sorry sean I get that. I, i'm curious to hear leah's opinion on this i don't want to put you, i don't mean to put you on the spot but you are our guest so i'm going to put you on the spot okay um because <laughs> no you, it's actually i'm really excited that you have never heard this song before because it, it's a really fresh opinion and a fresh take and it is a, a genre that you don't normally listen to it's an artist that you don't normally listen to is there enough listening closely to this as you heard it for the first time? Is there enough interesting things in it that you can listen to and say, "Yeah, I'm not really into this, but like I get it. I can really have a respect for the song. I can understand what they're trying to do." Like, it, or is it one of those things where you just it just didn't work for you? In complete honesty. Yeah. I didn't work for don't it. even remember what happened in the song. Like I remember, it, like I was bobbing my head, but I couldn't recreate the song for you mm-hmm. right here, right now. Right. Yeah. Didn't grab you. That's yep. it. I think, I, I you know, I, I got to agree with that. I think I listened to this when it first came out dead because you played it all the time and I pretended sorry. that I liked it. <laughs> I, I damaged you. I'm sorry. Um, and I like funk music, but. It's too repetitive, I think. And it's, it's almost a little. That, yeah. And dad, I feel bad, like kind of <laughs> shutting down the song that you. I, brought to the it, table it, it doesn't make any difference to me it's just right but the things that i can appreciate about this song is how tight songs. it is and mm-hmm. how calculated every single note is i think that's really 
it's it's a you can really tell that the people who structured this song, aka Prince, know what they're doing, know what they wanted, and got what right. they wanted. And and his entire album's like that too. It's 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 very tight. It's, I it's very it's, it, it, feel, feels it feels very, very technology based. It feels very seasoned to yes. the point where it takes away from some of the magic that that old school funk sound had. That's why the live version on the YouTube video yeah. would will change your mind. Well, this would have been around the time that Prince was like spending millions of dollars just filming stuff and then never letting anyone see it too. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His weird face. Yeah. Well, he had he had a lot of weird face. His weird so. face, you know, from from age fifteen till he died. Till whenever, right? One of many weird phases, but I mean, yeah, yeah. He probably but I, and, overworked it. Maybe, and yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that that it caught me by surprise because you know when you walk by and, and you say. Uh, a new Prince song? What? Let me and and liking Prince as much as I do, it's like I want to like this, and I always did, just because again I, I like the old school funk stuff anyway, and I just kept playing it and playing it. It was on almost every playlist I would have had, so it's kind of ingrained in me that I like. Oh, I love this song, See, and probably because you know I forced myself into liking it and. I haven't forced it on you guys yet. So I, we're going to be playing this. This is going to be the intro to every podcast from now on. As, as a musician, <laughs> when I hear a Prince song, I want like wailing guitar solos. Yeah. You know, like yep. I want to hear him just ignite that friggin' purple thing, <laughs> just light it on fire and just yeah. go absolutely nuts. Like that's to me, that's the Prince that I. Right, like but he doesn't. He doesn't do that. By. He will. He will defer it to an organ solo or or something like that too. Right. And again, that that kind of shows the diversity. And you know, in the same way, and I'm going to be doing a Chuck Berry song in a couple three weeks. Imagine a Chuck Berry song or multiple Chuck Berry songs without a guitar solo. Right, but Chuck Berry's guitar solos were pre-written in there. But the no same. guitar solo. No yeah. guitar solo in his Chuck Berry songs, and these are great songs. Yeah. Right, so you don't think of that same way. Same way with, with with Prince. There's some really good things that he does that that have not had the, the, the blazing guitar solo, which is what we think of. You know, that that's right. that's the and that's but the, that's I the stuff the that I stuff. focus on that I'm drawn to sure. because I you know I can watch him and be so, like, oh, I know what goes in, what kind of work is going to need to go into being able to play like that, and I know that right. I'll never be able to do that ever in my life. <laughs> well, no one is. You know. But yeah, uh, because so fa- you know, he's, favorite, a, he's a freak of nature who sold his soul to the devil. So, favorite Prince song, Leah, um, if you have one, and Sean, you too. I think Put yes. on the spot. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple. What did you say, Leah? Is that is that the name of it? Kiss. Yeah, Kiss. That's my favorite song too. Yeah. 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 Without question. It's a good one. And again, talking about DJing multiple, 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 multiple times. Always would play that, but could never get away, like I said, one time playing this song. (laughs) That's too long. I think that's what it is. When you're looking at it at like a wedding or a dance or something like that, it's just, it's just too long. Could be. Yeah. I think if that, if that was like a two to two and a half minute song. Take cut two minutes off it, and I think it would it could work. Or fade it out at that crazy break in the middle where he yeah. starts yelling about the music or something like that, and just just fade off to something else. So, yeah, yeah, I see your point. Yeah, yeah, yep. Just something different. Who would you like to see cover this song? Bruno who Mars. would you like to hear cover it? Bruno Mars. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. kind of a given. Yeah, Is that too predictable? Yeah. <laughs> I like to see the struts do it. So <laughs> yeah. I would like to see that too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they would do a good version of it too. In uh, fact, yeah. that's the challenge. 
Yeah, no. I feel like Luke would give you a big old finger if you asked him to do that song. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. Awesome. So that's it. Nothing deep, you know, not deep lyrics that that touch you or anything like that. Just that, you know, that on the one that just kind of gets in your soul. That, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I like about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dad. I like I like a lot of no, the funk no, stuff you, you showed me, but it's just this one doesn't do it for me. No, that's that's fine. It's not supposed to. I'm not supposed to convince you to love my songs. I mean, some of the things we've, we've done on this, I haven't loved your songs either. But you know, you can appreciate it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I that, brought Tom Jones to the table. So <laughs> you, what brought, do you, want? you brought you brought Thunder to the table too. Yeah. You know, when we released that episode, Derek Careview, who is the host of the I effing love this record podcast um, yep. who is also it's kind of in, in our little group of music podcasters uh-huh. uh he was like he he left us a review and he said uh you know this is a great this is a great show i like what they're doing but no one in the world or no one in hell or something could ever convince me that thunder is a good song <laughs> listen to the episodes make you know decide for yourself but yeah that's what it's all about we like we said in the description and on our website it's a whole lot easier to live your life appreciating something than it is to live your life actively disliking it so yeah i can appreciate this song for the talent and the structure that went into it but it doesn't do it for but me that is it. Yeah. period at the end of that set that's yeah. right gotcha. so gotcha. leah thank you so much for staying up late and joining us for this show and yeah. thank you so much for creating an amazing podcast that we love to listen to yeah it's and really we good. can learn all kinds of good stuff thank you and um make sure that you check out she will rock you on spotify stitcher swoot Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, you know, wherever you're subscribed to this show, subscribe to that show, leave them a review, leave us a review, wash your hands, and listen to good music. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? If people want to contact you or anything? or Um, no. <laughs> All right. Dad, you good? No, I'm good. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Guys. Thank you for putting up with us, too. This was, uh, this was fun to have you on I'm here. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was computer fun. computer just ghosted you guys. <laughs> nah, no problem. <laughs> No problem. Well, it's all right. I didn't think you liked my song anyway, so then just when you shut it off, I, I understand that. But that's okay. It just, I don't take it, you were talking, and all of a sudden, it literally had error messages that filled up the entire Zoom screen. It was like microphone not detected, speakers not Oh, my detected. God. Classic. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so we just infected you and your entire computer. Classic Windows that. 95 error message that just fills up. <laughs> yeah. starts filling up the whole screen with Windows. Well, I guess Zoom had an update. So the first. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know what? Zoom did just have an update like yesterday that was like forced on everyone. Yes. Right. When I restarted it, it wouldn't let me like the second time. Mm-hmm. It told me it wouldn't let me in until I installed the update. And I was like, but I don't yeah. want to. So I let That's it do right. its thing. And then it came back and it was the same thing. But restarting the whole computer uh-huh. worked. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again. Seriously. Yeah. Um, really. Thanks so and, much. And uh, we'll have to do this again. Have yeah. you guys on? Have Maybe we'll have both of you on another show. We'll do. Maybe we'll do like a big music podcast roundtable. That'd be awesome. Where we get a whole bunch of us together to to discuss something. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know when I'll find the time to do that. So, Leah, what's what's going to be your next show? Um, We have, who do we do? We did Carol King. Oh, you're kidding me. So we originally planned on dropping it Friday, but I don't know if we will since we just dropped the Luke episode as as a podcast episode as well. Oh, she's a legend. Really close. Um, And then after that, Steph Leopard. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yes, nice to meet you guys in person. Bye-bye. Yeah. (laughs) See ya. Bye.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.